day? What year? 2018. What happened here? Judgment Day happened. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of The Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast where we watch a movie and then we rant about it. My name's David. I'm Sam. And I'm Ross. Hello, gentlemen. So this week, uh, we watched 2009's uh, Terminator Salvation. For some reason. Now, for some reason. Very briefly, Sam, can you read us a plot summary? Because we all have thoughts. (laughs) In 2018, a mysterious new weapon in the war against machines, half-human and half-machine, comes to John Connor on the eve of a resistance attack on Skynet. But whose side is he on, and can he be trusted? Uh, We don't really find the answers to any of those questions. (laughs) Do you know what, Sam? That's a much more succinct plot than I think the movie manages to convey. Exactly, literally. We do not understand. I don't think we... There are more plot beats in that description than there are in this I was going to say, usually IMDb descriptions are are hit and miss, but it sounds like this guy actually paid more attention to the notes than the fucking director did. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, Extraordinary. Extraordinarily, I I think it's amazing how how little little goes on in this film. Like, it is crazy. So let's talk about our history of this film. So this is quite interesting. So I think you and I saw this at the cinema, Ross. We did, yes. You don't remember, but I do. <laughs> That's usually the way. So it left a lasting <laughs> effect on you. I think it's so boring that I've just wiped my mind clean of it. <laughs> Drank a fifth of Jack. That's how we forget. Because we have seen some really like poor movies in the cinema. Um, off the top of my head, we saw Last House on the Left in cinemas yes and that was one of the worst films i've ever seen but i remember that because at least it was noteworthy in that respect this just seems to have blown right past things 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 happen and you know people characters do things and you know there's explosions this film so we should lay some blame here this was a ross suggestion Um, Come on, guys! You know, just just want to make it clear because I don't remember seeing it at the cinema, um, and Sam had never seen this before, as I understand it. Sam, (laughs) no, well, he he almost didn't see it. Full stop. (laughs) (laughs) So, as a bit of background, listener, um, I I yeah, like yeah, one yes, yeah. If you if you do exist, I sat down last night thinking, right, okay, you know, I was a bit tired of it. It's a busy week at work and. You know, it's hard don't, being a podcast. Don't it's make excuses. Just tell tell the story as it's is. Diffi- stop giving yourself. <laughs> stop making yourself. You know, relatable, Sam. So I sat down and I put on. I I, ty- I went onto the Sky app on my on my PlayStation. I typed in Terminator and I thought, oh, there we go. Started present play. Twenty five minutes go by in this film. I'm thinking, wow, this is like this is interesting. This is a this is a kind of. By the way, Sam was texting Ross and I um, at the time. Yeah, and so and so about twenty five minutes in, I texted saying. Wow, the CGI on on Arnold Schwarzenegger looks amazing. That's really cool. I mean, when he stands still, as soon as he moves, it doesn't look good. But when he stands still, he, it looks like he's Arnie from the from the eighties. To which Dave, I think, replied something like, "Sam, what film are you watching?" <laughs> because if you've seen Terminator Salvation, you'll know that that doesn't happen. 
and um, well, it does happen. Like he's but much he's later. in the end, isn't he? He's at the end, yeah. but he's not at the start. Yeah, and that's because I started watching Terminator Genesis, which Gen Gen Weiss. <laughs> Gen Weiss. with a Y instead of an I, and um, yeah, yeah. I think my excuse, and I'm and, and the, the I'm what I'm going to stick by is that these films are so generic and boring that I honestly couldn't tell the difference. And right, I don't you think can, uh, Sam, you can tell the difference between the letters, though, surely. <laughs> yes, but I can read the English language. Fair enough, you think the movies are fairly similar, but you know how to read. <laughs> I don't. Need... Also, I'd sent you loads of thoughts on this, so surely you were like, "Oh, but where's when's Sam Worthington and Christian Bale going to turn up?" <laughs> Listen, I don't read. I don't read very many yeah, the, uh, many of your messages at all, Dave. So the text from Sam when he when he was impressed by the cast, and I was like, "Oh." I, I didn't know Sam was uh, Sam was a fan of Sam Worthington. This, he's going to love this. So, and and it's a good thing that I did text that because I think I probably w- would have watched the entire movie and then would have had to watch um, this one. film again. <laughs> and I think I might have killed myself at that point. So, it's a good like, thing we're I all like here, think, isn't it? Really, I like to think you would have went through the whole like Terminator universe before finally landing on Salvation. So, like after Genesis, if only Ross, then if you, only that had been the case. <laughs> then you put on the Sarah Con- Connor Chronicles. You watch that series, still didn't get it. <laughs> this could legitimately happen. Um, so to get us back on track just a little bit, so Terminator Salvation is um, just as a bit of a preamble here, and feel free to jump in, Ross, if I say anything wrong or you disagree with. Uh, this was released in two thousand and nine, uh, following the relative failure of Terminator Three: Judgment Day, um, and the idea was that this film was going to uh, Terminator Three: sort of... Rise of the Machines. Terminator Two was Terminator Judgment Day. I keep confusing it with Thunderdome. What's wrong with me? Um, so this film was supposed to sort of like relaunch the Terminator franchise, and the idea was that uh, it was going to be the Terminator Future War franchise. So we were yeah, going to get yeah. another three films, and they were all going to be set in this sort of like post-apocalyptic. They were basically going to make three Mad Max movies. Um, it's essentially like the aesthetic that they're going for here. It's that very sort of like two thousand late 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 aughts apocalypse um, yeah. sort of. You know, do you remember the Road that film um, with? Um, What's his face from Lord um, of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really like uh, similar aesthetic. So, so it's kind of well. Like you say that, for that era. the similarity is oh look, they desaturated the colors. Yeah, and no, but that's what I mean. And it's kind of like it's if you look at films, you can really track this throughout. You know, the, the period of four or five years where every film looked like this. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it yeah. hits some points for me. Like you mentioned in text as well, Sam, that you know it reminded you of Fallout, and I think I said that to you in the cinema day. I was like, oh. That, you know, it looks just like Fallout, which I had <laughs> just say so, I had just started my sixty-second playthrough, so you know, it was still firmly in my mind. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, no, I'll, I'll let you continue with your thing because I feel like this is going to be one-sided. We will. I think we'll get into. Yeah. Let's try and be a little bit objective while we talk about the film, um, and then we can get into the myriad problems of it. Yep when we get into it so let's as we usually do let's talk a little bit about the cast um and that's sort of what they're doing in this film and we'll go from there because there's not loads of people to talk about here um no let's start with sam worthington see that's okay silence. moving on that's <laughs> yep that's <laughs> it that's that on he, he was in the film <laughs> to my knowledge sam worthington was in this and he was in avatar yeah and 
I think that's Clash how he got the Titans. The, I, I think, think was he in that yes, role? he was. And that was another terrible th- film. Yeah, I think that, I think I think you're right, Ross. I think he got this job off the back of working with Jim Cameron and Avatar. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, so he, 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 you know, he, Cameron obviously directed the earlier the you know the earlier films. T one yeah, and T two. Yes, he, he's got he, enough money to, to 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 ride him, you know, through all this. He's also down for um, Avatar two, Avatar three, Avatar. Four and Avatar Five, which are all on IMDb, um, coming out within about three, two, three years of each other, up until twenty twenty seven. So he's probably got enough money that he doesn't have to really worry. Well, at about least it. he's still getting work, um, and he'll need it because he's never going to be the leading man he wants to be. I think, I, especially, I don't especially want to be not when this harsh, review comes out. Really, because yeah, especially not when this review of this eleven year old film comes out. <laughs> um, I don't like him in Avatar. Really, I think he's. He isn't great at um, expressing emotions through his face, which I think is a pretty big you drawback mean, as an actor. You mean I was going to say uh, you mean acting? <laughs> yeah, acting. And in this film, he's kind of like we don't know what his motivations or intentions or emotions are because he doesn't know. He isn't conveying any of that to and us. And in this film, he's pretty, he, so he's a, he's a robot that has is also kind of part human, and he doesn't know that he thinks he's human. So you could maybe excuse it as to say, like, oh, he's like emotionally stunted because he doesn't really know what's going on. He wa- he basically wakes up and he's trying to. I don't. I literally can't even remember what he's trying to do. What the point or motivation of his character is at all. So the idea, the sort of backstory that we're told in the first first two or three minutes of this film, is that he is on death row in um, you know the eighties, I think, or whenever it is. He's on death row. He's going to be killed, and this woman, Helen, 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 Helen Helena Bonham Carter, um, comes in and she says, "Yo, we want your body for science and that." And he says, "Oh, I'll sell it to you for a kiss." It's a bit creepy, and he signs the contract to basically say, "When I've been killed by the state, because that's okay and that's fine, you can have my body." Uh, so then they take his body, do human experiments on it, and turn him into this robot-human hybrid, and he wakes up in the future seemingly by accident after an, after an attack by the resistance he wakes up in the future this company that he signed his body over to have taken over the world and robots and etc i'm not going to bother explaining the whole uh, law of terminator to you because i'm sure ross will get to that in five minutes uh <laughs> and so there that's where he is is he's he's this murderer who remembers being killed you know by lethal injection and suddenly he wakes up and, and the future is on so he doesn't really know anything or anything, but he doesn't really go to any lengths to find out what's going on or what's happened. Or, or well, indeed, I, 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 I think I, th- I think it's because obviously he meets up with uh, Kyle Reese and, and Star, and and so th- they sort of inform him, you know, of, of the resistance. You know, Judgment Day happens, sort of thing. So you could sort of see, like, if you're put in that position, you could sort of see yourself. I'll tag along with these people because we're going to see more people, but. Yeah, there's very little that he does then beyond that. Where you're like, what, what, what do you want? What? Well, he doesn't initially want Anything. to take them with him. Yeah. He d- initially, he's like, nah, fuck off. But it's like, well, where are you going and what are you doing then? What's your drive here? What's your motivation? Isn't he yeah. trying to find? Doesn't he talk about trying to find someone who betrayed him or killed him or something? Or what was? The... No, I think he like the the film wants us to think that he's just sort of like helping Kyle Reese but really they need some drive for him to do because if he was like oh John Connor and he has some memory that the Cyberdyne have implanted and I'm not going to try and fix the movie right now but like that would make more sense if he had some motivation other than oh I'm a guy and I don't know what's going on 
Yeah, yeah, but he's, but he doesn't. He doesn't. We've then got Christian Bale, who plays uh, John Connor. <laughs> John wow, Connor, he says, as if he's never heard. There's like three names you need to remember for this film, I, and I, you're I, struggling I with John the Carter, second one. And that was, that's the wrong movie, isn't it? That's the wrong movie, I think. No, John Connor is the right one. <laughs> oh, he said John first, Carter. Yeah, the the first time we've uh, had a Christian Bale, a Christian Bale in, in the movie that we've we've watched for for the podcast. And he's a bit of a weird actor, I think. I, see, um, I quite I like, suspect. I quite like him. I quite, I, I quite he's like. He's very talented. He's very, he's very talented. talented. I think every role that he goes for, he um, he commits to, and you know, very very famously, he kind of overcommitted to this role, and became a bit of an internet meme um, because of his outburst on set. Again, I think it was the director of photographer, uh, a photography who walked on the set or did guy, something to displease him. And he went mental at the. Uh, at you him. can kind of see that in his performance. He's though, a bit of a method actor, isn't he? You could yeah. see you can see veins standing out on his neck in every scene. About like if he isn't actually screaming at somebody, it really looks like he's about to throughout <laughs> all of this film. Like but, it's kind of exhausting to watch. Well, to be fair, I mean, like like you said, Sam, you know, he's method actor, and like you know, J- John Connor. Do you know what I mean? John Connor is a guy who grew up, you know, his mother was being chased by a killer robot. Another killer robot then came chasing after him. He knows what is going to happen in the future and he knows what he must do. The character, I mean, not Christian Bale. So, you know, that character will have a certain sense of intensity, you know, when there's things that, you know, you know, could happen and then they do come to pass. So, you know, you, you will want to sort of, action these things or try to prevent you know the future that you know may happen because you because john connor knows by this point as well that he is going to die by the hands of a terminator if that you know comes to, to under the guise that he's friendly so I, I can understand that intensity i mean it doesn't excuse what he did on set and you know he's, he's an asshole for that but i think i think he actually did a good job in portraying this character mm. i feel i feel like christian bale is enough of a professional that he is playing this character how you know, he was told to play this character, mm. and I think I think that we can't really blame the seething nature of John Connor in this on Christian Bale because we've seen in other films that he does have the range to be, you know, um, to to have range. So I put a lot of this on the director uh, McGee uh, on just not not you know just not having a three dimensional character in this script because there really isn't. Yeah. Unlike the 90s, McGee has a lot to answer for with this movie. <laughs> Actually, we, we're not going to mention the 90s almost at all in this movie. So uh, Yeah, we can't blame the 90s neat. on this 2009 no, no, but No, no, I'm just saying that's where the similarity ends. They have a lot to answer for, these two. <laughs> then we come to one of the best names in Hollywood. Um, Moon Bloodgood. <laughs> Which... Which is a wild name. That's wild. Great Hollywood name. Great Absolutely Hollywood name. Um, and she's in this movie, but like, does this character even have any characterization written down? Yeah, I'm, it's a blank I was just trying to remember who, which, which character. So she, she plays the... <laughs> Bullet points, is a sexy woman. Yeah, kind of. Is attracted to robots. Kind of. And does things and men that who, are... And men who can't emote. Does things that are questionable, just because... So she ends up freeing um, uh, Marcus <laughs> for some reason. We'd, and I, I think the justification is, I, I saw him, he's human. Even though he was standing there with his ribcage open, 
and, it, <laughs> and it's all metal. And it's all metal. Do, and it's, do, oh, do, you've do, got do, a human heart. Yes, but I mean, do you know I what? Sam, I sentiment. could, I could, I could even see past that bit. You know, she's saying, "Oh, I saw a human," because maybe, maybe she, you know, it's sort of like you know, he is a genuine human. But the fact is, you know, like this movie series has made a name for itself by saying these things are infiltrators. They pass for human. Yeah. That's how they get to you. It's like, I saw human. And That's also, what they're also, designed cast, to do. Cast somebody who can look and act like a human rather than Sam Worthington. As, as opposed to this piece of balsa wood that just... <laughs> Genuinely. Walks around looking like he's going to, you know, punch someone. Yeah. We're, we're um, trying to. I we're really trying. I'm really trying to, to hold honest, back here. But Sam, you were going to mention um, Anton Yelchin first. Uh, the late Anton Yelchin, uh, he died quite young, who plays Carl Reese in this. Um, You'd think so, but then there's another character that does, you know, have have has very little to do, and and it's a shame really because I think Yelchin's a decent was a you know was a decent actor, and this is this is kind of like a central role to the franchise, and it feels unfortunately this was that he is so this was one of the casualties to the excessive amount of rewrites. Marcus, Marcus, Kyle, and Star were supposed to be the focus of the, this movie, with John Connor making a an appearance in some of the the later scenes near the end, and that would lead into then you know the other two future wars where it focuses more on John Connor. But I think that would have been a better yep. idea. Yep. Because it's kind of like a bit of too many cooks going on here. Yes. Because Christian Bale and Sam Worthington are kind of like fighting out for who is the protagonist of this, and neither of them really do a good job of of really fully explaining what they're up well, to. The, and the problem is as well, when you have, by bringing in John Connor and he's fighting, uh, you know, at the end he fights, you know, Aaron Schwarzenegger. So the T-800 series, they're supposed to be just coming off an assembly line because the way it, the, the way it goes in this sort of Terminator verse is, you know, first they have these robots that sort of have humanoid uh, frames and then they, they give these um, newer models rubber skin. And like Kyle Reese yeah. in the original film says, they were easy to spot. Um, you know, because it, you know, it, it would sort of, you know, tear easily or rot off or something like that. And then they were saying, you know, these the, the newest ones now uh, is a Terminator series where, you know, they, they have skin, they, they sweat, they bleed. So these yeah. these only came in within like a year of Terminator 1 happening. Um, yeah, so like for all the future, this Sam Worthington character is like, a, they haven't seen anything like this before, is what you're saying? Yes. Um, so it's a real sort of like, but it's an interesting, the way this, where this film takes place is weird. And I think that the Christine, the John Connor character is weird as well because we're kind of told that John Connor is going to save the world because he's this amazing, like, guerrilla fighter. Yeah. Which that's what we're told throughout the first two films. And we don't ever get to see any of that here. He rushes from head-on, like, you know, rushing in the front door with a machine gun to rushing in the front door with a machine gun three or four times in this film. He's a radio host. And there's no... He's a radio host. And there's no nuance to that or anything. It's just... Like, oh, there's a problem. Great. Well, suit up everyone. Let's go and invade them in fucking helicopters. And it's like, what? No. Show me that this character is cleverer than everyone else. Show me that he's got some spark of like, this is why he's the hero. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's. I just think there's a. There's a. There's a real. There's a real lack of characterization in all of this film. The whole thing. Mm. The whole thing really lacks. It lacks the basic things of filmmaking, which is. Give characters motivation, make them either appealing or not, and that and that's a a simple thing to do. Is you know who you're supposed to root for in this film. It's really hard to pin that down. 
and actually just like try and try and give us something that we haven't seen before or try and create a character that that does something that we can understand and empathize with and whatever else and the film doesn't even try to do any of that with any of the characters in my opinion there's there's nothing no, there that really is like okay so anton yelchin's character what does what does he want is he trying to protect his the girl is he trying to protect the the, the girl looks after well no because he takes her on some you know gallivanting to find some radio host that's called called john connor does he want to does he want to save Future the world podcaster john connor does he want to save the world no not really because he's not like he, he doesn't do anything that's particularly heroic yeah and when you go through all the characters you kind of you, you when you come and try and figure out what their motivation is you come up with nothing and that is i think a you massive kind of need like you need a and you need more clear lines i think in this and i think ross is right this suffered from a lot of rewrites and a lot of cut stuff um so someone i want to mention before we move off cast uh I don't know if you two noticed that Terry Crews yes. uh, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine fame plays a very attractive corpse in the first 10 minutes of this film. Was that him? Um, that's him, I yeah. So. So, I thought so. I thought so. I was like, I, well, but I didn't... I rewound it and Googled it and it's, yeah, it's Terry Crews and he was cast as a Captain Jericho, a character in the film and apparently had whole a whole storyline and it all got cut. Because 2009 that's the only scene too, in which he late. appears for him to be an extra like i was thinking it's too late for him to play a corpse yeah, yeah. like he, he's he's pretty well established by that point that's crazy that is crazy isn't that mad what um, what i mean that just that sums up this movie what what a lack of care just pick just get another character get another actor don't just put terry Crews in there for for no reason because it's distracting if nothing else it's distracting well, to, the, the, to the viewer it's just the reason he's in there Sam, is because they had like they were saying they, they actually filmed and wrote other scenes but it got cut so the only scene no left... I think what Sam's saying Ross is that why not refilm that one scene with a oh, different sorry. actor so that so you don't have people sat at nerds sat at home going why is Terry Crews in that just scene just don't have that shot you know just don't have why that is shot. this established actor in that scene yeah as just this body. Another why, another why is why, oh why, is Helen Bonham Carter in this movie. As you say, Dave, she's in there, she's in it for maybe 12 minutes total. Well, Six, I have a bit trivia we're there, we're there. Six of those are her on a screen, which means they shot it, you know, from her house using Skype. And the other one is when she's in a prison. for, for So presumably they had her for a couple of days. And she, uh, she, she filmed all of her scenes in 10 days. Um... And I think she had some horrible family tragedy. I think she lost three family members in a car crash. Yeah, it was four. Yeah. Uh, when they started filming this, so I think basically, again, the film and this is just really incompetent filmmaking. Is she basically said like I, you know, I can't be here right now. I need to be at home. So they'd done this ten days. They got the scenes they got, and then she was she didn't come back, which I think is fair given you know the personal mm. circumstances, but. The film lacks the filmmakers lack the McGee lacks the competency to say either we recast and reshoot and we pay her anyway it's fine this film's going to make all the money in the world or we you know we replace that role as her she's meant to be the antagonist in this but because they've only got ten days worth of film there isn't enough of it for for her to sell it and again it comes down to there were rewrites because like that character was supposed to have in addition to you know you see her on screen and at the start. She was actually supposed to come through as as another android, another cyborg. Um, so there's going to be a lot more scenes with her. And I think, like you mentioned, it obviously she had a tragic uh, sort of occurrence, uh, losing some family members. But also, again, rewrites. It was condensed down to that. 
but I, I think I think you're right. I think it comes down to you know, and that's obviously uh, that's that's tragic, and I didn't realize that. But I think you still have to question it as a you know as a, as a piece of storytelling, assuming the audience doesn't know what's happened, and assuming there isn't, they don't need to, and they shouldn't know. It's still unclear why she's in the film, and I think you just just you know figure it out either edit it out or just you know have him appear don't you don't need to explain everything and then and then have just have the screen um just have her have the reveal where she tells everyone what's going on you know what i mean it's just again okay, it, so like i said it i think it's i think it's in, just incompetent filmmaking because like you said from a story point of view um we get so little of an antagonist in this film so to speak that let's just have it be you know nothing Let's just have it be machines that never speak and they never have a fucking monologue and they never do any of that. Let's just have it be that and then Marcus discovering and choosing sides yeah. and then that have that be the stab of the film and you don't need this character, this like puppet master character of Skynet. You don't need this literal human face of Skynet saying, we're evil, we're going to be evil, blah, which is what the last scenes this in this film are. This is the voice are. of the Mr. Arms. Yeah, it's completely... <laughs> it, and it, it really is and it just and it just falls flat because... You don't get enough of it for it to really tell you anything, mm. but there's too much of it for any of the characters to really have any agency outside of it. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we let Ross explain? Because I think this is a good discussion, but I think we want to just hold our water just a little bit more because I think we t- we need to let Ross explain number one a little bit about the Terminator franchise and where this sits because I know you're 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 dead into this, Ross. Number two, why or why did you make us watch this film and not? Terminator one or two. Gen Wysis. Or even Gen Wysis. Or even even Dark Fate, which is supposed to be okay. Well, first Explain of all, I mean, like, if you if you if we want to, if we want to review another Terminator movie, we 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 can do Dark Fate in three weeks' time if you want, because that is an amazing. Nah, movie. Ross, all we're doing now is artsy and political films. Oh, so that's why we did Terminal Salvation. That's that's the answer. No, no, no. That's what we that's what we're doing now to punish <laughs> you for this. Oh, I see. I see. All, all French films, um, <laughs> they're all 200 yeah. minutes. <laughs> and they're all filmed in an orange colour palette. All subtitles, no dubbed. Um, <laughs> Not even any nudity, Ross. None. <laughs> right, go, so, Ross, go. Okay, okay so I, I'll take you on a journey. So, you know, back to 19... Imagine, imagine, imagine. <laughs> back to 1984, was it? When Terminator 1 came out. Yeah, that's right. You know, in, the Terminator. Sorry, the film is called the Terminator. The Terminator, yes, came out. Absolutely incredible movie, done really well. You know, and 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 everyone enjoyed it. You know, nineteen ninety two, or nineteen ninety five, one of the two. Uh, you know, Terminator two comes out, and so rarely does a movie like uh, surpass uh, its 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 predecessor especially when the predecessor has been, you know, so well received. So, you know, it's very rare for the the sequel to surpass it. And Terminator 2 did just that. An amazing movie. Fantastic. Then we go to 2003 and Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines comes out. And such a... So is, just correct me if I'm wrong, Ross, the Rise of the Machines, I don't think I've seen it. Is that the one where Skynet is taking over and it's sort of the apocalypse we're watching happen? Is that right? It ends with uh, basically Judgment Day starting. So this is the one with the female Terminator. Uh, Ooh, sexy. Yeah, well, that, that, man, that's literally... I know we're talking about <laughs> Salvation. But that was what the script said, was it? But there's literally a scene... <laughs> there's literally a scene where 
because uh, obviously, you know, so Terminator 1, you have the android robot. Terminator 2, you have the liquid metal guy. Terminator 3, it's a cross between android robot and liquid metal. And it's a female this time. And honestly, it takes a car, it stops at a billboard, and it sees, you know, like a, like an advertisement for like Victoria's Secret. And then you you see, you literally see her, the breasts inflate. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> God almighty. We should have watched that. <laughs> that that already sounds better than this film. <laughs> This is, but no, but see again, yeah, that's funny. So that's that's good, bad, but uh, but again, when you're when you've seen Terminator Two and it's like this is amazing, and then this comes out and it's it's dog shit, um, and so that when 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 you're a fifteen year old boy, that festers within you, and it sticks with you, and so like maybe the movie isn't as bad as I actually remember, but in my mind it was terrible. So then. The next Terminator movie I watched, Salvation. I was like, oh, this is actually okay. There's no women with breasts pumping up in real time. Um, Again, Ross, it sounds worse. And and for me, Terminator Salvation was... I, first of all, I completely agree with all the critiques we're about to list. It is a bad movie. <laughs> I don't think it's the worst movie. And I did enjoy watching it purely because I enjoy the Terminator universe. And it was fun seeing, you know, the, the the wars that are sort of referenced to in the first two movies. You see the the future wars happening in the first five minutes of both movies, and it was fun seeing that realized as a full feature. This is this is the world now, you know, where Terminators are taking control, and seeing the new sort of uh, robots that they have, the new Terminator models. They didn't do it really well, but uh, but you know it was supposed to be the, the start of a of a trilogy, and so you know it could improve, you know, with new sort of things to show. But yeah, it did fucking shit. So does that answer your question, Sam? I think so. I think the the, the thing that really so the thing that strikes me coming in, in this movie is number one, it had a budget of two hundred million dollars, which is 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 quite a big budget for two thousand nine. It's a big budget now. It's about- it's about half of the biggest ever budget for a film, isn't it? Yeah. Something like that. No, yeah. less than half. Le- more than half, sorry. I mean, I think the Lord of the Rings, like, entire trilogy was around 250 or something, you know, it's it, or maybe even less than that. Um, and I know there's inflation and stuff involved in there, but still, it made uh, $371 million back. So, you know, like, it's profitable, but it's certainly not at the same levels as even um, Rising Machines. Yeah. And I mention that because I think that this movie is all about chasing that buck. That is literally the only reason I think they could have, number one, made this movie, number two, made it in such a way that it is, it, it's, it's, just, it's just about the moment-to-moment shot. And there's no thought about actually what they're trying to do. And you mentioned, Ross, that it was destined to be a sequel um, or destined to be a part of a trilogy, sorry. A new trilogy, yeah. Yeah, and 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 then that didn't happen because the Halcyon Company, which kind of owned the rights um, and, and was involved in financing this, went bankrupt. It went bankrupt the same year that this movie came out and made hundred <laughs> and made one hundred and seventy odd million dollars. And so I think I think the the the, the real like. The starting point for this movie in terms of the production was clearly about trying to salvage the rights, and that's what Gen Y Sis ended up being as well was um, trying to pay back the debt of 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 of, of the Halcyon Company. 
And so all of this, I think, is just it's it's just the re reeks of the worst cynical Hollywood crap. And rather than using that and spending two, I mean, two hundred million dollars, and this is what they ended up with, it is and it is extraordinary. It's extraordinary that they couldn't, you know, scrape together a half decent movie out of that much money. Presumably, a lot of it went on Christian Bale shouting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if not on camera then to the crew so. the lighting <laughs> yeah well the, the, two points for that first of all um because you said sam you know it's it, it was 200 million you know and they made 350 back i think a lot of that was and this pertains to what you're saying about that the movie just goes like moment to moment like there was there are so many nods or references to the first two movies that and you would only get these if you had watched the first two movies like they're not obvious ones but they are ones you would get if you are like a fan of the series. Like, and I think that's part of the reason why I sort of have, you know, I, I don't rate it as the worst movie ever because I saw those and I enjoyed that. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm yeah. just saying let me, that might explain. I, let me ask I you know question. what you mean, Ross, and I can think of a couple of them. Um, and I'm going to mention one of them and I'm going to tell you why it's horrible. Um, well, before, you do, this, before you do, let's, let's, let, let's let Ross judge how... Um, obvious or not these references are like if, okay, if, this, okay. if this, is this a subtle I'm, reference or is this an obvious reference the, 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 okay well before we get into that my second point was and it's not really a point but i am sick of you two mentioning genesis in comparison to this movie and and you mean gen Wysis? yes gen Wysis and favoring gen Wysis. <laughs> <laughs> That like you said, Samuel, it, it is the worst things of like corporate Hollywood. That that is Gen Weiss is exactly that. And I, I have two you. words for you. I have two words for you, Ross. Arnold Schwarzenegger sold. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ross, but like I don't think that at its core, you know, and I, I don't know script wise and all that, but I think at its core, I don't think this is a better and it is a better movie than Gen Weiss's. But that one has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, yeah. and this one doesn't. Let's not get bogged down by this. Let's not get so let's go. Let's go yeah, to your, okay. your, your references, Dave. The references yes. that you were talking yeah. about. So there are you, you are right. There are a couple of like more subtle references, but one in particular that struck struck out to me is um, Marcus. Uh, there's a scene where he's like bonding with Kyle, shows him how to tie a strap around his shotgun mm -hmm. so that it can't be taken off him. Yeah, and this is a reference to the first film where Kyle Reese is seen doing that repeatedly. In the in the past, um, where he sort of like he, get, he gets hold of a shotgun and he saws off the stock of it and he ties a loop around it so that it's attached to his arm and it's kind of like showing his competency as a soldier. And I I really hate it when a franchise does does this and and even really really good films like The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones do this. You do not need to tell me every single explain away every single facet every single foible every single spot on a person's history um solo is another really good example of why you shouldn't do that is i don't need to see that i don't need to see how kyle reese learns this cool thing with a shotgun i don't need to see how indiana jones got his scar and learned how to use a whip i don't need to see how han solo got his name and the millennium falcon and everything i don't need to see it i i can believe that these characters are characters with lives outside of these films you know and I don't need you to bloody like spoon feed me as if I'm like, oh, here's a here's a thing. Oh, isn't that clever? Isn't that clever? Like a baby, you know. I'm a grown man and I have can thought think for myself, you know. Really irritates me. So, all of that you just said, um, yep, fair point. <laughs> Great. Fair Let's point. close up the podcast. Yeah. Here. Good night, everyone. 
Um, but I don't think you, it, it's fair to have that reaction to that particular reference because I actually think on, on a scale of like, you know, subtle to obvious, oh, no, that's like maybe I think three actually out of ten. it's fine, but yeah. it's part of like a thing this film does to yeah. like... Can I, can, no. I give a bit, can I give another example? Because I, I, I I've got a few of them, but yeah, go on, yeah, go ahead. Well, the bit when... Um, um, when when Kyle says, "Come with me if you want to live." Yep, that's what I was. Oh that was, my that was, yeah. god! Well, that was low hanging fruit. It's very it's the lowest and obviously. Fruit. And I think the, your example, Dave, is actually not that bad. I didn't, I didn't remember that at all. I didn't make Sam. You watched the wrong film for half well, an hour, true. so you lose your credibility. And stuff so much ramble last night. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised you knew that. Come with me if you want to live was a line from the Terminator seen, franchise. Seen, I didn't. I didn't I've... Two I Just Sam there, Texas. I didn't know Sylvester Stallone was in Terminator. <laughs> He's watching. He's watching the Expendables or something. <laughs> Look, it had, it had explosions and muscly men. I mean, Sam's watching you. one of like uh, Schwarzenegger's old like addresses to the city as governor. He's like, wow, they've really, they've really. Wow, why is he wearing a suit? They've really I'm, expanded I, this universe. I'm certain he. Wow, he's really right wing. As as governor of California, I'm just certain of it. In the Expendables, they have. Uh, so 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 I think that so there's. And there's there's a couple of others as well throughout where you're like ah cool yeah I've seen that film too. I, I tend to agree with Dave in, in that you know like so overly self referential stuff is is distracting. But there's a lot to be said for that in terms of fan service. And I'm not always up for fan service, but I think fan service is okay. And I can't I'm I'm, I'm you know I can sympathise Ross with your your desire to see more of this and to see to see the connections between the films because that's quite satisfying as a fan of a, of a franchise you know what I mean like seeing Star Wars and seeing those references to I'm not I don't hate it so much um so do you know what I would like though Sam as fan service my the service to me as a fan would be to make a watchable movie yeah but that's a that's how you point, can service me separate, as a fan it's a separate you know? point about filmmaking versus you know like having a cult references Ross you've got one more yeah so, uh, Sam, I mean, you, you mentioned there when he says, you know, uh, come with me if you want to live near, um, where I think we're about 15 minutes left in the movie, where uh, Marcus has gone back to Skynet HQ and John Connor decides, you know, that he, he's actually been sort of uh, fired from the resistance, for want of a better word. And he's fired. gone off. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got his P45. To, <laughs> he's going off to Skynet HQ now and he's basically packing up. And like his wife says, oh, what will I tell your men? And he goes, I'll be back. So oh, I, I missed that. So I think I had. First I think of all, my brain had dribbled out of my nose by that point, to be honest, Ross. Two things. Hang on, Sam. Hang on, Sam. Two okay. things on that. One, you know, that's obvious fan service saying, like, it doesn't really, you know, it's a bit, you know, hitting the people over the head with it. Two, in this movie, she is her, his second in command. She's like, oh, what should I tell the men, our soldiers, to do? And he says, I'll be back. That's great, but I need to tell the men what they need to do while you're away. That's how chain of command but works. Again, like from a writing point of view, this is telling you once again that John Connor is a terrible military commander <laughs> who is incapable of following orders, has no concept of tactics, and just rushes off by himself to attack this facility. Yeah, and leaves all of his men with no orders. Great, thanks, but our hero John Connor is going to save the universe. <laughs> yeah. He's he's cashing in checks from from you know like thirty years ago, isn't he? Oh yeah, I went back in time once. You know, what I mean the whole thing just Fucking like Sam, he did, you he haven't seen the movie time, at all. Sam, have, you? have you seen any of these you films? Haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I meant John that Connor he, he, doesn't go back in time, no, asshole. The guy that Kyle came back and all that, yes. Anyway. <laughs> These films are terrible. Oh, I went back in time, then I was Batman for a bit. Oh, these movies are all the same. No, Sam, Jesus. I was a magician Remember for a while. I was, I was a Wolverine. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, me and Wolverine were rivals, did you know? Stop it, Sam. <laughs> my point is, my point is, he's cash and checks that he, that he doesn't have the ability to, 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 to do anything. Well, if you want to get, get technical, I would argue that he, he uh, does, uh, or, or that he's not cashing these checks as a word, because don't forget, you know when you're going to die. So you going off this way, you know what I mean? You're per- you're fairly safe in the knowledge that I'm going to make it out of this one alive because you know how it is you die. I don't know. I feel like the, the way, and we are going all over the place here, but the, the way in the Terminator franchise that John Connor is built up is as this sort of like chosen one messiah type yes, character. He's an excellent like you said, you know how you're going to die and all of that. Strategist. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. So what you have is you have Sarah Connor knows all this from Kyle Reese, so she passes it on to her son and makes sure that he is... This Trained like up. badass, like yeah. tactician and military genius, and that's kind of what you need in this situation. You need Christian Bale to be playing more of a like, you know, get rid of these bloody cabal of um, you know Russian oligarchs who are funding this mission from a submarine. You know, get rid of all of that and just have John Connor running this running this guerrilla unit and have it be. Yes, he goes to Skynet at the end. You can still have that, but have there be a more compelling reason than oh, I've got to go because. I'm me and I'm just going to go because that's not sound military reasoning. And like, you kind of need to tell me at least if he's going to do that, which is stupid, you need to establish beforehand that this guy is good at his job. Yeah. You know, I think that's what I mean where it's like, it's relying on, it's relying on the, basically from the second strength of his military. Yeah. Yeah. The second movie. And obviously the first movie is when, that's the reason the Terminator is there is to. Is but yeah, to I think I think you're right, Sammy. Is that is that the film is relying on you knowing that from the previous films, so it feels like it doesn't have to tell you it in this film, which is really sloppy filmmaking. That's lazy. Yeah. Can, can I? Can I? Can I? So let's let's get into. Oh, we're completely into it already, but let's go into. <laughs> we've been talking about it for forty minutes. But let's go into. I think like some of the fundamental problems with this film, and I want to start with a quote. A quote from number one, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who initially said that he it was quote a great film. I was very excited, but then reversed his position and said it was awful. I tried, it tried hard. Not that they didn't try the acting and everything. It missed the boat. Number two quote is from James Cameron, who said it was quote an interesting film, um, and that he quote didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to, and like I think. I think all of this, all of this comes back to the point that this film really didn't need to be made and it kind of shouldn't have been made. And if you're going to make it, then you've got to do something different. And that is what I really, really hate about this movie is that it doesn't, it doesn't try and do anything different than the, than the films previously. Like it, it doesn't delve into new ground. It gives us no insight into any of them, any of the characters. We don't learn more about um, John Connor. We don't learn more about um, uh, Yeltsin, uh, uh, Anton, what's his face? Kyle, Kyle Reese. God damn it! Kyle There's three names. There's three <laughs> names. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't learn shit about Marcus. Who the hell knows why he? What, what was his point? Like we 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 learn nothing. And yes, I know this was designed to set up um, another film. But look at look at. But you're but you're right, Sam. But like, even though it's set to set up another film. 
you you can't go make a film under the premise. No. So yeah, I know we know this isn't that good, but wait till you see the next two. You're no. absolutely right. You're absolutely because right. because look at Star Wars. Look at the you know uh, a New Hope and like whether or not you go into the whole all of the films. That film in itself is a self-contained story, where you know a good guy fights bad guy. They blow up the Death Star. That's the end of the movie. And if if they never made another Star Wars again, that would be like fine that is self-contained and then what they have to do kind of is like retrofit and retcon a story onto it but they they, they don't even attempt that in this they literally see, don't that, even that, attempt and, and that's that's the challenge as well because you're trying to retcon a pre-sequel you know it, it's it's a game it's it, a game it, it's a movie set in in a tight sort of in a chronological order before the first one but actually set uh, or sorry maybe you know set in order of you know releasing before the first one but set chronologically after it and it's like it's so confusing and like you said when you're trying to retcon stuff that did happen in the past but also may happen in the future it's like yeah and when you don't bring it i would argue that the fact saying they're not bringing anything new is sort of a disservice to the original movies because they're not even bringing what the original movies brought and Mm. that's the that's the crime because it's not i I agree with you, but hear me out here because I'm going to say something positive, and I think that I think that there are some ideas established by this film <clears throat> that I like, and I think that you could have a satisfying film within this universe, and I think that, that you know there are stories to be told that would be interesting, and and I think that the, even the aesthetic of it being really washed out, futuristic, fine, but like you could tell a story with this Marcus character in this universe. And and it be satisfying and interesting and and even within the greater fr- you know structure of of the Terminator franchise, but as a first film to set up your trilogy of films, especially if you're going to kill off Marcus at the very end of it, like for me, get rid of this John Connor character, like have him show up in the last scene. Yeah. Like you need this film to be more focused, to be more focused on that arc, which is obviously what it's trying to do, but incompetently do is it's trying to set up Marcus as this torn character who. Who doesn't really know who he is, and and is confused, and maybe a bit shell shocked, and but actually it's the future and it's the apocalypse, and everyone's a bit like that. And, that, and, and, and that's what then he were... finds out he's not human, and that's but maybe not everyone finds out that. Maybe just he finds out he's not human, and then he, we get to see that internal struggle within him, and then that's culminated in that sacrifice at the end. But you kind of need that struggle within himself before that. Yeah, and, that, and that's what they were going to do. I think in one of the initial drafts, they had John Connor as a secondary character who, who wasn't the <laughs> yeah, main. Yeah, I mentioned that at the start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think, and I think, and th- and they were even going to kill him as well, um, and have well, him die. Tough. You know what I mean? So like, I I just think there's just so much of. That there's there's so much that they that they that they could have done that they just kind of chickened out on and didn't do. G tried to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways because they want to sort of set up John Con- Christian Bale's John Connor as this central light hero, but they also want to tell this story and have it be a film. Mm-hmm. And that, but they just you know the, it falls flat on every front. And I think the biggest problem to go way negative on this is that it's a series of explosions that that merit a diminishing return on tension. Well, there's there, there's so like in addition to the explosion, there's so many goddamn loopholes. Like the most obvious one, when Marcus makes it back to Skynet HQ, and basically, you know, when you see um, the lady who plays the doll from the Harry Potter, Helena Bonham, thank Hel- you, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, 
and you know she basically reveals oh you 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 were working for us the whole time you know and you know you you done what none of our terminators ever could do you know you infiltrated the base you know you are you know the pinnacle of our design but everything he did that they've described he did through also you can't establish that in the last 20 minutes of the film that can't be the first time we're fucking hearing about that yeah but 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 you're missing the point if he everything they're saying that he did he did through sheer luck through bumbling through this this wasteland, let's not forget as well the amount of turmoil. Well, I think Ross. I Hang think on, the film... oh, easy day. No, no, I'm going to argue no, no, with no, you, let, Ross. Let finish, let no, finish. I am. Shut up. I'm not I done. I think the film is trying to tell you before that. No, it's fine. The film is trying to say that the reason he did it is because Skynet made him. Which would be fine, but but. I don't see how you can do that. Like the right, sky. So to oh, do I that, agree. It's, I agree. It's not well established, Ross. But that's what the film to, is telling. To do that, though, you need to set it up, and they don't set that up. What they, they, what they set up is absolutely nothing. We know nothing about this character. We know nothing about Marcus. He, again, his motivation, what he wants. Nothing. And even, even, yeah, even if that's the case, Dave. Like, even if they're saying they're doing that by design, the like, if he's not aware of it. Skynet as an entity is there's at least three Terminators I believe or three Terminator machines controlled by Skynet that attack him like the first one is when he you know when he sees that Terminator off in the distance and that thing opens a fire on him with a minigun right that's one the big giant machine thing flings him yeah. away that's two and I think there was another one then with um, that where he's avoid well maybe it's just those two so that, that we know I'm of. not arguing with you Ross that um, that the, the film what's, what's, what's the words I'm saying the film doesn't show you that throughout the film up until the point where Bonham Carter tells him that. But with from well, from her saying it, the implication is that Skynet has been subtly like has implanted this mission in the Marcus character before he was released. And if that and was that the case, the reason he's done it is because they've subtly pushed it. And I'm not saying that the film does a good job of showing you that at any point or that it would make any sense, but that's what the script says. Okay. That's what's on the bit of paper. That's fine. And if, if that's what they were trying to achieve, let, let's stretch our imagination. But that still doesn't explain why Skynet, this supercomputer, has one of their robots open fire on him with a minigun. Do you know? Like, wh- why would you try to impede his progress yeah. at all? Do you know? The there's same there's a bit, there's a, a nice bit of trivia that, um, so the, the final, the final kind of, the third act was supposed to be where I say as, as as John Connor gets killed by Marcus, and then Marcus basically grafts John Connor John Connor's skin onto his, um, and then oh. yeah yeah and then and then murders Kate Barnes Kyle and Star, and so that actually you think wow there we go that really changes the dynamic it changes who John Connor is and it changes obviously. The whole timeline, the, previ- the, ho- the previous movies and everything. I mean, it's, I'm not sure how they'd get away with that, but fine. But this actually leaked onto the internet um, before before the film came out, and so for some reason, I don't know why, Warner Brothers decided that they had to change the entire movie, the entire last act of the movie, and and what's left is what we saw on the film. So again, maybe that's maybe there's a good reason for that, maybe, but. It doesn't for me. It just comes down to the cynical, money chasing uh, studio trying to 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 do something. Oh, let's do something different, and as opposed to that, actually makes sense. That would be quite an interesting ending to the movie, and I'd want to watch more based on that. But the, we don't get that at the end. We just get, you know, John Connor looking 
uh, off into the sunset, and that's it. Well, we get the setup for the sequel, don't we? We get the oh, John Connor is going to live to fight another day. He knows about these undercover robots. All those damned Russian oligarchs on that submarine have been killed. So he's in charge now, finally. Yeah, he's the leader of the skills resistance. Yeah. Slipping off without telling anyone where he's going yeah. to do a dangerous mission. Can I, can, I, can I ask about the thematic elements of this movie? Because I think that like Terminator, the, the original um, Terminator, I think is such an effective movie because it, it like the theme of it is human versus machine. And what's the difference? between them both and actually there isn't much of a difference and that's the kind of that's the that's what the film is trying to do and trying to say it's trying to highlight the you know the duality of man or whatever else through the robots and through 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 the human beings and this film does that too except that's already been done and i think that's you kind of need to bring something new to the terminator story not just look at this guy he's part human he's part robot because that's the entire basis of the other movies is that they look human but in they're fact, not Terminator 2 does it in well, reverse where they... it's a robot who sort of learns the value of human life exactly exactly and and i like... think what this film should do is take that one step further how you said sam so the first film was about you know a robot who looks like a human but isn't a human and you know that that sort of like Yes, that's, that's the general premise. Yeah, that's right. In a nutshell. Like, yes. Anyway, and the second film is about, you know, the, the Terminator character, like you said, being humanized a little bit by John Connor, and you know this kid, and 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 by the end of it, you know, taking on a few traits of that humanity mm-hmm. that he didn't have to start with, and this film. It almost like you can see that somebody who had a hand in the script had an idea of where this might go, but they were overwritten or writer strikes or rewrites or whatever. Yeah. That the ten- the central conflict of this film should have been within Marcus. Yes. The central conflict yes. should have been him discovering he's a robot. Him maybe having a scene with 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 Bonham Carter where she says, "Oh, you know, you're a deep cover agent. You know, you're a robot. You're with us." Blah blah blah. And and him trying to reconcile that with the fact that he's connected with these people and that, that he is a person yeah. in a certain way and that he has these feelings and and like you said that 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 then needs to be the conflict of he's a robot and so he belongs with them and if any of these people find out he's a robot they'll kill him and he knows that and yet at the same time he doesn't want the you know he doesn't want skynet to kill all of these people because he cares about them they need to have and that reveal that needs to be the conflict they need to have that reveal so much earlier so much earlier because then because because we we all know that he that he's not human like we everyone knows there's something going on there and they need to bring it in a heck of a lot earlier so that the the, the character knows because we spend the whole time saying yeah but you're a robot yeah but no no you're a robot and then he, he he's completely oblivious. he's not even thinking about it until you know he's got his chest ripped out and he's talking to the he's talking to to, to the skynet and i just think the whole thing just like again you could add something different there because then you're trying then you're then you're empathizing with the robot more which the film which the other terminator films which would have been interesting go into they go into that a little bit but really they're these fucking terrifying robots who are going to come and kill yeah um the various you know connors so i just think that there's there's just so much of it that's really also 
um, th this is something more on, on face value. But all through the you know the first through all the Terminator movies, you're so it's ingrained that these guys are elite killing machines. Yeah, <laughs> they are elite. Not if you <laughs> land what, a helicopter on them, Ross. <laughs> but uh, like the, the, the first few that you see that shoot have got the aim of you know like I mentioned before the stormtroopers. And not to mention, like, the, the main thing about the first two is that, you know, uh, conventional firearms does nothing against them. John Connor goes into Skynet HQ with a fucking, like, M4 rifle. You're like, what, what, what do you expect to achieve with that thing? You know, and, yeah. like, it's a viable form of defence. Yeah. And that was one of the cool things about the first two movies, is that when you see a glimpse into the future wars, you know, it's these, like, you know, in true 80s and 90s fashion, it's these cool, you know, laser rifles sort of thing. But... Uh, and now conventional fire It's obviously the aesthetic they're going for, Ross, is this yeah. kind of like, you know, apocalyptic future. It's Mad Max. They want it to be yeah. Mad Max. And and they kind of nail some bits of it. Like, generally, to say a good thing about this film, apart from the, the colour palette of it, I think that the set design is pretty good. I, w I would give it that, yeah, definitely. I think that, like, you know, the, the sort of like broken down LA is okay. I think it looks all right. You know, for a Mad Max set, um, I think quite a lot of the military stuff looks all right. Um, you know, it's the production design is okay, but mm, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I think it's I think but, it's really lazy and and reused. And there's nothing, you know, you know, it is Mad Max. It's just basically just Mad Max. That's all they go for. And yeah, there's some like cool CG and some of the robots look all right and everything. But I did like the Terminator assembly lines. They were quite cool. Yeah, and I liked some of the robot stuff. No, you're not the biggest stuff, but I'm, I've never been a massive fan of like just you know a fight scene that culminates in a massive city engulfing explosion for no reason yeah. and everyone survives. Yeah. Can I can I just speak on like the lack of threat as well, which you you, you touched on there, Ross? And I think again, g going back to like the the thematic elements that make Terminator work as a series is like these these robots walk really really slowly, like like. Arnie is not doing anything particularly quick. Well, it's it's kind of like in the law, it's eight hundred kilos of steel. Yes, yeah, like yeah. they they walk around slowly. They're not they're they're not like um, alien, where they can just reach out and grab you and that's it. You're dead. Like the, the 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 threat is how imposing they are, even though they don't need to run. Even and they do run obviously, but they don't they don't need to do things quickly, and they can they can be scary just by their presence. And again, this film completely shits all over that because it has, as you say, Ross, these robots walking around getting killed by by bullets, which is that's a massive part of the films that they the bullets don't kill them. That, yeah, that they and they just heal. Damage. There was, there, all there, was one, there was one in... bit at the start, you know, where you know John Connor goes down into the pit and he comes back out, and there's a like a Terminator with no legs that somehow whilst with no legs it managed to fucking do some sort of hand gymnastics to be able to grab John Connor on the shoulder you know where you see his head over John Connor's shoulder bear in mind he's got no legs so for that to happen he's either had to <laughs> he's either had to jump on his left arm he's got a jetpack just like R2-D2 no, no, and he's listen, had it all along picture this he's either had to jump from his left arm and time it perfectly so that he's able to put his hand on John Connor's shoulder and then hoist him away or he crawled up John Connor's back, in which case you got 400 <laughs> kilos of steel climbing up you <laughs> before you notice. So stupid. And that's just that's just bad filmmaking, isn't it? 
and it get it gets worse though because you know the big robot that that Kyle and and Star get trapped thing, yeah. in, yeah. Like that's even that's even less <laughs> Optimus Prime yeah. or whatever. It's huge. It's absolutely <laughs> monstrous, and that's even less threatening. It's even less threatening. Because, uh, and, much, much, much less threatening. Yeah, because Again, because the, what the bigger they are, serve? the less impressive they, they the, the the threat is. The less the less you're scared of them. Because the point is, is that one of these robots, one of these robots, you know, can wreak havoc. And and that's all they thought they needed. They they just sent you know they sent back one robot in 1984. One robot. We how many die? How many get killed in this? Hundreds. You know we oh, see hundreds. So well, I think this stems from a very important thing. So we talked about McGee earlier, who directed this. Um, and I don't know if you guys know, but he started his career making music videos, much <laughs> like our friend Michael Bay. Mm. Um and. And I think these two directors, in, in my mind, certainly are very, very similar in terms of let's have a film without much of a plot and tons and tons of disconnected explosions. But at least Michael and Bay makes you know you guys weren't even entertained. You know, you know, wrong crowd to be wrong crowd to be defending Michael Bay. Ross, just just a, just an FYI. No, no, well, hang on. I mean, like, surely you like some like bad different podcast, bad different podcast. Yes, different podcast oh, though, Ross. Yeah, yeah, no. But all I'm um, saying is that he does passable work at times whereas this guy i mean you mentioned what fucking charlie's angels i'm like that is mm. that is not something i'd put in my cv i'll, I'll put it that well, way i remember reading i was reading the line earlier i was reading his um his sort of bio uh mcg this is um is it mcg or is it mcg we're, we're calling it mcg because yeah, call it, McG. it sounds sillier and more degrading <laughs> um so this guy Directed music videos, which is fine. Like I've nothing against music video directors. Um, don't tweet at me. Well, that's big, but, yeah. <laughs> that's, but, that's um, save yourself some mentions there. Save yourself some mentions, <laughs> imaginary audience. But he was at, from doing that. Drew Barrymore, who was involved in the Charlie's Angels project, thought, "Oh, I like his music videos. Maybe he can direct this movie." And that is his movie career. It's from that. God damn it. And like, and I'm not saying that you can't take the skills you've learned from being a music video director to directing a motion picture, but I think it's really that. I talked earlier about diminishing returns, and and in a in a music video, which is going to be you know three to five minutes tops, is the pace. Obviously, everything's so much more truncated, and and you know a big splash is going to have a much bigger effect than it is in a you know in a, in a 120 minute movie. In a music video, you can have like one, you know, thirty seconds massive scene and then whatever. But in a movie, I think it's mm. by having all of these massive fight scenes and explosions. There's a massive like a whole facility explodes, like a nuclear bomb almost in the first fifteen minutes of this movie. Yeah, yeah. and and that, where where do you go from there? If you've already blown up like what's essentially you know a small town in area and killed all these soldiers and civilians and everything, like. Surely, by the, you know, by that point, it's kind of like, well, then what does death even mean at this point? Yeah. Like, we've already killed, there's already such a high body count, and we're barely out of the introduction. And and that and that continues on throughout all of these, like, car chases with these stupid Terminator motorcycle things, which don't make sense. You know, you have hovercraft. Why aren't all the Terminator craft killing people just hovercraft? Why do you need motorcycles? You aren't building roads. Mm-hmm. Sorry, separate rant, but like you go from 
explosive fight scene to explosive fight scene to explosive fight scene. So by the time you're like three quarters of the way through this film, you're like, oh, great, another explosion. Who cares? Everyone's going to be fine. It, you've robbed any tension from it. I, I was just going to add to what you said, Dave, you know, considering he used to do music videos, uh, you know, and, he's, and, he, and, that, and, and explaining how he went on to movies, I was just going to add that I think it'd be interesting to see if, if, if you, you could watch maybe like a trailer for Terminator Salvation. You know, and like because I'm assuming he'd have some sort of like uh, influence on that, or uh, or uh, or authority over it, and see you know if if the trailer makes the movie look better than it actually is. You know, because obviously it's such a condensed. Um, I think it probably did because this movie could make quite a lot of money at box office, considering you know mm-hmm. word usually gets out quite fast, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm just thinking. Yeah, considering the music videos, that the trailer probably did like looked brilliant. Mm. <laughs> um. I think we're I think we're maybe coming to the end of of our. I think dissection is probably a, not the right word. Maybe we just smashed it with a meat hammer. Do you know Crucifixion. what I mean? Yeah, much like McGee did. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Let's 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 you know. Let's maybe just have a couple minutes on positives and things that we liked. Is there anything that we that we thought? Hmm, actually, that was quite cool. Or that was in, you know that was good. Is there anything at all? Uh, what's his face? Um, voice of Sam Fisher. <laughs> oh, Michael Ironside. Yes. Yes. The voice well, I have a cool bit Fisher. of trivia about that actually. Um, if 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 we want to hear it. Yeah, go. So he plays the uh, the sort of like the the, the, the one of the generals. One of, one of the generals in charge of the resistance on his submarine with his Russian oligarchs. Um, and in the movie, he only only ever stood up, and he looks like he's quite stood quite awkwardly. Apparently, he fell off a roof or something and um, injured three vertebrae. Before they filmed this, so sitting down was incredibly painful for him, which is why he's only like stood up, like awkwardly leaning in all of his scenes. Brilliant. What I find most most fascinating about that is because he is such a sort of talented actor. What the fuck is he doing doing his own roofing? You know, <laughs> like presumably uh, he's got money. <laughs> what is he doing up on his own roof? Ross, there, there's one way the rich stay rich, all right. He was sneaking <laughs> around spending a, money. an embassy, trying to with with a with a headset on with you know three lights in it. That's what he was doing. He was he was being Sam Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I ask a question? And, and I'm happy to be an idiot here, but there's a character in this. I think is John Connor's wife, maybe I can't remember. Um, who's pregnant? Yes. I'm just I'm just wondering if there's any, is there like is like a canon reason for that, or um, do we know? So of? yes, um, I, I'm going off memory here, but essentially, in Terminator Three, um, the Terminator that is saving John Connor and uh, her name's Catherine Brewster, uh, reveals that he is the actual model, make and model uh, that that killed John Connor in the future. So after he killed John Connor in the future. The resistance sort of like captured the unit, reprogrammed him, and sent him back in time to protect John Connor and Catherine Brewster. Whilst he's telling uh, the Terminator that, he also sort of divulges that they have uh, X amount of children. So I think carrying on from that canon, um, I, th- I think you know in, in this trilogy, in, in this trilogy, John Connor was going to die at the end, maybe the third one. So she would have to have a certain amount of a certain number of kids, you know, for that to sort of meet canonically. I think right. Oh, so it's sort of a nod to well, mentions of the earlier films. Mm-hmm. So, so I either like so that, that, the reason I asked is that number one, I I thought that that might there might be some canon reason, and I like that. That's a cool reference to have in there, and it's clever to you know because people would nerds would notice that and say, "What a minute, there isn't enough time for that." You're welcome. Kids. Well done. Ross. 
the, the, and there's like a lot care or about these things. The, the initial way that I interpret it is like, oh, look, a pregnant woman in a movie. And nobody remarks about it. And I kind of like that too. Like, you just, you don't ever yeah. get that in films of just, let's just have a pregnant woman because. The it's pregnancy quite a com- isn't a plot device. Yeah, it's quite a common thing <laughs> to, to see a pregnant woman every now and again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, and and so either way, and they don't remark on it, they don't mention it. So I think it kind of ticks both boxes. So I like that, which is a tiny, tiny detail that you notice about three times. So that's the extent of thing, the things yeah. I like. In we, we are scraping the barrel. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what did I like? Um, I really like the look of the Jeep that he fixes, you know, as a, as a prop. I know it's just a Jeep they've smeared some dust on, but I was like, oh, that's a cool Jeep. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, while you think of another one, Dave, I'll go say, I will say that we've touched on them before, but I did like uh, the nods and references to the original movies, one of which we didn't touch on, which is where they fix that Jeep. Um, it's actually the, the, the observatory in L.A., where the first Terminator lands in ter- in the original Terminator movie. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thank you for verifying that. I was just oh, you were reminding me, and I was like, oh yeah, of course. Um, but I, the thing is, I, I you know what I liked about it, I liked it as a whole. You know, it's an insight into the Terminator universe. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I know, Dave. I, I, I haven't said that. I, I, it it is. It Do you is, know what, Ross? It Do you is, know what? It is a it's, disappointment. It's fine to like a movie. It, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. But not this movie. It's it's no no it's no. Just, it's it's just... fine that you like this movie, but you can't ask me to like it. That's yeah, that's fair enough. It's just a shame because it's it, it's a disappointment because there was lots of potential there where they could have like sort of broke the mold with new stories and lead it into then with you know things that that would eventually lead into the beginning of Terminator One. They could have done that and just yeah, like like we've said before, McGee isn't wasn't really up to the task. And, it's, and I it's think a that's shame. borne out in the trivia as well that uh, I think Christian Bale was approached to play John Connor and and he basically said, I don't think you can do this <laughs> <Yeah>. to McGee <laughs> and had to kind of be talked around. And like, but he was basically, he was of the opinion that this director was not capable of making this movie when he was first asked and had to be basically like coerced. And then he's come out since and said, yeah, that was a terrible movie. And that, I think that's really telling. And like, yeah, you know, some it's fine. We this could have been the best film ever made, and McGee could have been this amazing action director. That oh my god, blah, blah, blah. and the chances are important about stuff like that. But he really did not do a good job here. Well, one thing to remember as well, Dave, when you said he approached uh, Bale, because he actually approached Bale originally about the character of Marcus, but Christian Bale was more interested in playing John Connor. So again, there was rewrites to make John Connor's uh, role in this movie a lot more prominent. That might have been an interesting characterization because, like you said, Christine Bell can mm-hmm. act. Yep. Um, I think it would have been really good. So I think we've reached the end of Terminator Salvation, and thank Christ for that. Um, <laughs> ju- as is traditional, we have the uh, the Bechdel test, which, Dave, do you want to give us a rundown of the Bechdel test? You're so good at it. So the Bechdel test is a media metric applied to film and television uh, basically to assess how well represented uh, female characters are because uh, traditionally female characters aren't massively well represented and all the Bechtel test is a pass-fail all it asks is that two named female identifying characters have a conversation which is not about a man Would you like to guess whether or not this passes? <laughs> well, I would like to say is, well, let's list the female characters we've got Mrs. John Connor Catherine Brewster 
Yeah, we've got uh, Moonblood Good. Um, Rain Williams? It doesn't matter. <laughs> great, great. Really, really important matter. canon character. You sound like Mick G, and, Sam. And, and at a push, at a push, you have the robot portrayed by Helena Bonham Carter. At a push. And you've got Star as well, the girl. Who doesn't talk. You've got, She's a mute. Yeah, you, yeah. who doesn't talk. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So let let me let me break the suspense. This film does not pass. <laughs> Obviously. Sorry, really tickled me there, Sam. That you were like, oh, what about that character star? Oh, you mean the one whose name we don't know? Yeah, who doesn't, doesn't talk. Who doesn't actually talk in the ca- so in the canon? This 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 is a this is funny, right? This is good. On betdeltest.com, because um, I didn't, I was so bored, I didn't actually pay attention to this movie while I was watching it. But on the betdeltest.com, they say it gets two out of three. So. That um, there's two there's two named um, female identifying characters in it, and that they have lines to each other, but they're not talking about um, that they end up talking about Marcus. So um, he's a robot, not a man. It's that is exactly what some nerd on the internet said, <laughs> and tried and tried to <laughs> tried to argue that it did pass. If you go to the page, Jesus it's amazing Christ. because actually he's not a robot; he's a hunk of metal, and thus. I mean, Jesus Christ. So, no, Has he got a penis? I don't know. I'm not sure. That you know, Sam. I... You goddamn do well know. Oh, I think we've all done quite a lot of extensive research. <laughs> <laughs> I paused a lot. Yeah. So here's a little bit of background to this little bit of um, imaginary movie podcast trivia. Uh, for some reason, Ross and I remembered um, the CGI on Schwarzenegger having a CGI dick. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Whoa! And I... he doesn't know. Oh, Sam! Don't bury the lead, Christ! <laughs> I do not remember like identifying uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's CGI penis. I remember joking about it, and Dave, <laughs> maybe he wanted to remember it. But hey, listen, I'm a man of the world, Ross, and I have my own proclivities. However, you said it, and it sounded right. Yeah. Again, so I don't. Wrong. I don't remember seeing this film in the cinema with you, but you said we see Arnie and he steps out of the big fridge thing, and when you said, "Oh, when you see a CGI dick," I was like, "Yeah, of course you do." Is this a thing? Is this a thing? Is this a thing like Sam? Where Sam's watching? The, are you watching a different movie, Dave? <laughs> I don't think so. The Boninator. Unless it's Gen Wysis, which has a, also has a de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is what I'm saying. When I start, so when I st- the, fir- the first bit of Gen Wysis, I was like, mm, okay, so he's naked, obviously, because that's how, you know, they, and obviously they can't have clothes when they go into the machine or whatever to transport them. And why is that, the, why is that Sam? Uh, I don't know. Clothes don't, like, 80s fashion? I've no idea. Fucking, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Sam Jordan mind, hasn't watched any of these mind, films. I, I don't have watched it a long time ago. I'm not moving every mind, detail. I don't mind that you didn't know why. But what I do mind though is because you're like, well, and as we all know, you can't uh, <laughs> you can't go into the time displacement chamber with any clothes on. Moving on. No, Sam, you don't get to do that. <laughs> you don't get to pretend like you know. But my point before I was we really Sam after the podcast yeah. is that there's <laughs> you you see Arnie and he's walking. He's full frontal, and um. And then from behind, but there's this like, there's this like grey cloud, almost like a comedy cloud, where the shadow <laughs> is falling. You can't see anything, and I just thought, release, release the penis. <laughs> that's what I say. I just thought, 
Not that I want some some poor visual artist. Brings a whole new meaning to the extended edition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to end there. I think we're that's it. That's the end. Come with me if you want to bone. <laughs> I honestly, Ross, I think you could probably find funding for your um, porno cut of Terminator. <laughs> my, my, my fan fiction. It already exists. Netflix is interested. The Terminator entered the time displacement chamber naked. And we all know why. <laughs> Sam thought. <laughs> Dave, call us out. This is the end. Right. Before we go, before we go, let's let's ground ourselves again. And final thoughts. Just brief, I want a sentence from Sam. One of the worst movies I've ever watched. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. Uh, Ross. One of the best movies of our generation. <laughs> Ross again. Okay. Um, <laughs> potential, but wasted. Cool. I kind of, I, I think I fall much more on the Sam side. This is one of the worst movies I have ever seen. And, and I really love a bad movie. And this isn't even a good, bad movie. It's a bad, bad, and then bad again movie. Um, and we said before, the biggest crime of this movie is it's boring. And that is an unforgivable trait in a movie. Agreed. Cool. Fair, fair enough. Well, before Ross can argue with us any more about that, um, we'll say good night. However, before I do, uh, if as an audience member, number one, you're still listening after that CGI cop. Why are you listening to this now? <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> and number two, uh, if you do exist, if you've got any comments, if you wish we could talk about less about CGI cock, um, <laughs> hit us up on Twitter. At or have we finally pod. nailed what it is the people want? <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We don't. Do you want more? Or less? It's, it's hard want, to know. Do you want more <laughs> CG penis? <laughs> this is a mess. So, if you want to see more, or perhaps less, talk about CGI penises, hit us up on Twitter at ImaginaryPod, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Ross, you never pick a film again. <laughs>